Hi there. I'm the Reverend Father Matt Kovisk, and I'm the rector or priest in charge of St. Mary's Anglican Church in Verdun. Now, there once was a time, what seems like many moons ago now, where we would invite people to things. Whether it was to dinner at our houses, or to go to a movie at a movie theater, or even come to church with us on a Sunday morning. Remember what that was like? Hopefully we can start doing those things, some of them at least, again soon. As we take time to reflect on this Sunday morning, I want you to think back to those in your life who invited you to come and see this life of Christian faith. It could have been your parents, your grandparents, a trusted friend, anybody, really. What was that experience like for you? Do you remember what it was like to step foot into a church for the first time? Well, many of us listening to this this day might have a long experience of coming to church. Some of us might be new to this whole Christian faith, and that's okay. This Sunday, the gospel reading that's assigned is John 1, 43-51. And this whole passage, and the verses that preceded as well, focus on Jesus inviting his disciples to follow me and to come and see. In the previous part of the chapter, we see Jesus inviting Andrew and Simon Peter to follow me and to come and see. In our passage this morning, we see more invitations to, given out to Philip and Nathaniel, with Jesus using much the same words as he had before, follow me and come and see. These two phrases are common to us. We use them too, especially when we want to invite somebody to experience something alongside of us. These two main players in this part of the story, Philip and Nathaniel, though, have two different experiences of the invitation to come and see. Philip sees Jesus as the one who Moses and the prophets wrote, that Messiah, the one who would change everything. And all of this happens after Jesus uses just those two words, follow me. Philip is bowled over with his experience of the divine, and in his excitement runs to his friend Nathaniel to share this news with him. Surely he would feel the same way as he was, right? Well, as we read, that wasn't necessarily the case. Nathaniel most definitely does not have the same reaction that Philip did. When an excited Philip finds Nathaniel and explains to him that he has found the Messiah, saying that, quote, We have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. We find that Nathaniel has a less excited reaction to Philip, saying, quite hesitantly, I imagine, can anything good come out of Nazareth? This statement might be a little jarring for us to hear in 21st century Manitoba, and I can't help but wonder if this statement might have a bit more of a context to it. Nazareth didn't have a, the best reputation in the region. It was considered by many to be a backwater town where nothing ever happens. And when I think of how people felt about Nazareth, I can't help but think of the Canadian TV sitcom Corner Gas and Corner Gas Animated. You may remember that there was quite the rivalry between Dog River, where the show took place, and its rival town of Woolerton. Whenever Woolerton is mentioned, any Dog River resident present would, seemingly automatically, spit in disgust at the name of Woolerton. So when Nathaniel questions Philip's experience, asking, can anything good come out of Nazareth? He's really asking if something of great importance can come from some backwater part of the world. Interestingly enough, instead of trying to appeal to Nathaniel's head, 
his logical side, the side that would listen to a well-reasoned theological argument about whether Jesus was the Messiah or not. You may notice that Philip takes a different tack in trying to convince Nathaniel that he was right. He invites Nathaniel to use his heart and to experience this newly found Jesus himself by saying, Come and see. Philip knows that an interaction with the one who breaks the darkness with the liberating light will forever change Nathaniel's mind. And he's proven right, for that does happen. Nathaniel recognizes Jesus after spending some time with him, recognizing him both as a prophet and saying that, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Now, these call narratives of the disciples are, well, nice to hear, but not out of the realm of possibility for us to think this day, what does this all matter to me? What we can gain for reading these stories this day? Well, my friends, you and I are called to be disciples of Jesus, just like Philip and Nathaniel. And while these stories of our own calls to discipleship may look a little bit different than Philip and Nathaniel's, and that's okay, they are still just as valid. In this passage, not to mention the four Gospels in general, we see the message of Jesus passed on from one person down to another, down to another. In this passage, Jesus finds Philip. Philip finds Nathaniel. This is how the Christian message is passed on. The Christian message and the Christian life is meant to be experienced, not just read about. You might remember me saying last week, the Latin phrase, Salvatore Ambilando, it is solved by walking. When you think about your own experience of Christianity, if you have any, you were probably introduced to the faith by somebody who had experienced themselves, whether it had been for just a short period of time, or whether they had been lifelong followers of Jesus. I want you to think about them for a moment. How did they invite you to come and see? This whole idea of inviting people to have experience with Jesus is at the heart of what we call, quote, evangelism, end quote. That word, evangelism, frankly, is a word that a lot of Anglicans and a lot of mainline denominations are scared of. Perhaps, my friends, this day, being reminded that our faith comes from our own experiences with the Godhead and that we are to take those experiences and invite others to come and experience these things for themselves might be a helpful lesson for us to remember in this season of Epiphany, where we reflect on Jesus revealing himself to the world around him. In our own discipleship, we, you, and me, and those Christians around us are all to help reveal the Godhead Father, Son, and Holy Ghost to others around us in whatever way we can, whether that's through words, through a theological conversation, or our own actions, loving God and loving our neighbor as you and I, as we have first been loved. My friends, as we depart from this time together this day, I want to leave you with a question that I'd like you to reflect on this week as you go about your day-to-day -day life. As I've mentioned before, I'd like you right now, this week, to take some time to reflect on the people that invited you to come and see. 
the people that revealed Jesus to you? What did they do? How did they do it? And why do you think it stuck? I want you to take the answers to those three questions, and I want you to ruminate on this question. How can you take what you've learned from these people who have invited you to come and see? How can you take what you've learned from them as you invite others to come and see, to come and experience the goodness of the Lord? For those listening who don't think that somebody has revealed Jesus to you yet, is there somebody in your life that you believe models the two great commandments? The commandments to love God and to love neighbor as we have first been loved. How do you think they do that? Might you be interested in asking them how they came to faith? Asking them the same questions that I asked only a few seconds ago. Jesus invites each one of us into a relationship with the Godhead. He invites each one of us to come and see. It is the role, our role as disciples, to take him up on that offer. For when we do, our lives can and will be forever changed as we live into the revelation of God here on this mortal coil. And so we pray. All glory, Jesu, be to thee for this thy glad epiphany, whom with the Father we adore and Holy Ghost forevermore. Thanks be to God.